No ketchup. No ketchup. What's really good, my people? Welcome into No Catch Up Sports Talk Beach Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Little. Big Nick Quick with me. And we have our boy, the Bears insider, Elon Cabron. What a what a Sunday. We're gonna talk about the uh, Bulls coming and replacing Mitch Trubisky. We're gonna talk about the comeback. We're gonna talk uh everything bears. We're gonna start doing this weekly. Uh if Eli wants to rock with us, that'd be great. I think he will. We're gonna have a lot of fun. Uh we're gonna start doing this weekly, start breaking down every game Monday morning, first thing for you guys. Uh a lot to talk about. Big Nick the Quick. Yo. Victory Tuesday or Victory Man, Monday. I'm sorry, Monday. Monday. It is uh it's Victory Monday. Kinda. And a very, very interesting uh W. Eli, welcome <laughs> in, bro. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah, man. Thanks so much for hopping on. Uh, it's a great week to hop on. I know we were talking about uh, it might be a boring, dull first recap show, and then it com- uh, completely flipped on its head. Yeah, I mean, the, the the Bears decided to change quarterbacks, and the whole game flipped, like you said, on its head. I, yeah. did, not, I did not see that coming. Yeah. Let's <laughs> jump right into it. Nick, I'll, I'll go to you first. Um you're sitting down on your couch. You're looking at the screen, and the quarterback doesn't have a ten on his back. It's now a number nine. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, this is the moment Foles enters. Uh, let's look. At, let's take a look. One foot number inbounds four. and one foot out of bounds. The ball we play to the forty-yard line. First down. That's a heads-up play by Ryan Nall. Yeah, you don't usually see players do that. You know, you rarely get the opportunity. That's a very heady play. Heady play. And that, now that is taught by special teams coaches around the league. If you step out of bounds, keep one foot in bounds. Hey, you know when you're you know when you're watching the news or something, and the president comes on, and they like cut what they were doing and go to the president. Yeah, Kenny why, Albert needed to do yo, that. No, Kenny, <laughs> what, why, <laughs> why are we still talking about the special teams play? Yeah. Nick Foles just walked on the field, bro. Cut, yeah. forget about that special teams play, and address why number nine's on the field. <laughs> And John Vimmel was trying to hop in there and let him know, like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> he just kept going. Like, bro, <laughs> kill, kill that special teams talk. Um, What were your first thoughts about Foles entering? I want to talk about the timing of it. I thought that was really interesting. I got a quote from Nagy we'll go over as well. Nick, we'll start with you. What did you think about the timing of it? I mean – I think it was 26 it was, to 10. Yeah. Give it, me your thoughts. It was very telling. Yeah. I was shocked. Uh, like very, very, very shocked when it happened um, for a lot of different reasons. Number one, Mitch wasn't playing great. Obviously, you know, he missed the touchdown to Tony Miller. That, that was an inexcusable throw. Um, he had just come off that interception, which, yeah, it was a pick. But man, a lot of quarterbacks will throw that pick. You know, a guy sits back on a route. You don't see him. You throw it. He's going to he's going to make that interception. It wasn't an egregious interception. It wasn't one like when Nagy watches the film, he's going to be like, oh, my God, I can't believe he made that throw. It was just it happens. Right. Um, I don't know about that, but we'll, I didn't think, <laughs> we can I mean, address that. you've seen worse picks is my point. You've seen picks where it's just like, oh, my God, I cannot believe he just threw that ball. Like, I need yeah. to get him out the game right now. It just that wasn't that. Um to see him go to Foles that early, 
confirms something that I think you had talked about a couple weeks ago when you said Matt Nagy didn't make this decision. And I kind of fought you on that. I was like, nah, man, I think when he brought in Foles, you know, Pace kind of gave him the freedom to make that choice and to go with the quarterback that he wanted to. Man, how fast he pulled Trubisky, just based on how the year has gone, based on how that game was going, lets you know that as soon as he saw any type of opening that he could explain why he made that move, he was going to do it. And I think once he had that, hey, look, we're down 16. He wasn't making plays. He just threw an interception. I wanted to change it up. He had his built-in excuse ready to go. He made that move. And no point did he want Mitchell Trubisky to be his quarterback this year because, again, through what, at that point, 11 quarters of football, he hadn't been terrible, right? He hadn't been terrible. He hadn't been pulled this guy, bench him immediately. Um, So when he made that, it it, it confirmed to me that Nagy never wanted this guy to be his quarterback this year at any point and never trusted him. Yeah, Eli, what do you think? I agree with Nick. I mean, you look at the training camp, neither guy pulled away, and so he had to go back to Mitch. First, He wasn't going to bench him in the first game, no matter how bad the offense looked in Detroit. And then they were winning most of the game against the Giants. I mean, they were winning the entire game, and so he couldn't justify pulling him then. So third quarter of the, the third game, he, he decided he'd seen enough out of Mitch. I was surprised that it, the move didn't happen at halftime and that he waited for that interception, but – um, for a fourth-year quarterback, he, he Mitch has to play better in a game against one of the worst defenses in the league. So his performance warranted a benching. I just didn't foresee Foles coming in and playing much better. And and to be honest, right away he didn't play better. They had the he had the interception in the end zone on the the contested catch with Allen Robinson, and then that's not his fault though. No, that was not that was not his fault. But then that was followed by a punt, uh, like a three and out, and then turnover on down. So it, it wasn't looking like the Bears were just going to start rolling once Foles came in. So the timing was surprising to me, and then the turnaround performance from Foles was surprising to me. Yeah, it was um, – Nick, I had, I had kind of given you my, my peek on uh, what I was thinking there. Let me give you a quote from Nagy about the timing, about the benching. And I quote – this is Matt Nagy. That seemed like the right time. We were lacking a little bit of rhythm. There wasn't a lot of energy. There was just something missing. The timing and that quote, like you said, Nick, tells me exactly what I needed to know. Yeah. He was leaning falls the whole way. Pace was putting tons of pressure on him to play Trubisky. And you want to know when a good time to change your quarterback and not have to discuss it or, or talk to anybody <laughs> about it is in the middle of the third quarter when you're down 26 to 10. Yep. Like, wait, he doesn't have to talk to Pace. He's like, yo, give me falls, man. Yeah. Forget <laughs> about all this. Like, I, I don't I don't need to talk. I don't want to talk about it in a post game. I don't <laughs> want to talk about it with full with uh, pace after the game. Give me falls now and let's see what happens. Um, I thought this was also interesting. And to say, uh, and to go back and talk about this, to say that I was shocked is an understatement. Like when I saw him come out, I was dumbfounded. I was like, there's just, initially I was like, man, this is because, and and no one's talking about this because it worked out and he played so well is he's in a almost, he's in a terrible position. The defense knows he's going to throw it every single down. He has to come out. He hasn't played all year. He looked phenomenal, looked ready to go. Um, seemed like the right time. Nagy was ready to go to Foles the whole way, and uh, that was that. He, he was ready to go to Foles three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, seriously, look at how Mitch has played this year. Overall, it, has not, it, it hasn't been great, but it hasn't been awful 
to where it's like, man, every single down we're clamoring for a new quarterback. Like he had had some right. solid quarters. He had had some moments, right? He still misses on, like Eli had said, he still misses on a lot of things that in his fourth year in the National Football League, he should 100% be executing on. But overall, it wasn't like a train wreck to where it's like, man, I, it's not like, you know, if they had lost that game today, we'd be sitting around being like, where's Nick Foles? We need Nick Foles, you know? We might have mentioned it, but it wasn't like, you know, people were going to get all crazy about it. He had his mind made up. He saw his opening. The first moment that he saw an opening, I'm surprised he didn't pull him after the missed touchdown. He probably <laughs> thought about it. You know what I mean? So <laughs> he definitely thought about it. But, you know, and to, and to, for a guy like Matt Nagy, who's a play caller, a play designer, I'm sure that missing that touchdown sticks with him. Right. He thinks about that, that that's just a wasted opportunity. That was an easy touchdown. Mitch couldn't execute on him. So that's bothering him the entire game. Then Mitch comes out, throws that pick again. Yeah, it's not it's it's inexcusable, but there are worse interceptions that you can throw. Um, and he pulls them immediately. Like there, there was no no choice. And they, they shoot to Mitch on the bench. He's looking like I have no idea what the fuck is going on. This is the second time my head coach has benched me in what, 12 games. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's over. So when I texted you and I was like, man, I think his confidence is shot. It wasn't like I'm worried about Mitchell Trubisky's, you know, mental makeup. I just I don't know how he comes back from that. You just got pulled for really no reason. I thought that they might say, like, he got hurt because remember last year in L.A. Yeah. And they were like, oh, his his thumb hit the center's helmet on the throw. (laughs) And he couldn't play the last four minutes and against the Rams. I mean, who knows what if that was accurate or not. (laughs) But I thought maybe he had gotten banged up at some point. But. No, it was strictly performance, and it was justified. Yeah, Mitch was not playing well. He missed that touchdown, and the the team needed a spark. They weren't going to do it against the Lions, where Mitch had a track record of, of killing the Lions. And like I said, the Giants, they were ahead the whole game, so this was their chance. They have a tougher schedule coming up with the Colts and then a short week against the Bucks. So if you're, if you're going to make a quarterback change, this is the time to do it. What are our thoughts on Nagy not telling Trubisky himself, but letting offensive coordinator Bill uh, Lazor do it? I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that, yeah. No? No, I mean, the offensive coordinator and the quarterback are in each other's ear the whole game. In theory, Nagy's supposed to be coaching the whole team. Like, if there's a defensive substitution, that wouldn't be Nagy's call either. So, I mean, obviously, quarterback's the most important position, but... If he and the OC are on the same page, let the OC take care of that. I think it's based on the teams, um, how the coach runs his organization, right? If the coach has that relationship where he's the guy that delivers that news, then he should be doing that. And the only reason I think that it's it's kind of petty on his part is that last year when he benched him, Nagy is sitting on national TV, hugging yeah. him, <laughs> all in his ear, giving him the news. So if that's how Nagy runs his organization. Nagy has to be the one that delivers that news because he delivered it last year. So I think this is the thing. I think that he didn't like how that was portrayed in the media and how people talked about him, you know, consoling Mitch because we did kind of rip him for that. It's and like, those- yo, you coddle this guy. <laughs> all you guys do is all you guys do is try to make sure that this guy feels comfortable. This is the National Football League. Tell him he's not playing anymore, and you don't need to give him a big hug on the sideline. So I think that was in his mind too. And obviously, I don't, I can't get into Matt Nagy's head, but I think he was sick of Mitch Trubisky not playing to to his level. And that, like you said about the play call, uh, Nick, there can't be anything more frustrating than designing a perfect play, calling perfect. it in the perfect time, and you getting an opportunity to hit it for a touchdown, and he misses it right. And every, everything went right except for the throw. You know, exactly. I mean, and that, and that right. sticks with him. He designed that play like, yeah, he, he was sick. Right. So it's like he's just fed up, man. Give me like we're getting embarrassed again. The Falcons are sh- are shit. Let's be Terrible. serious. 
Like right, these they- teams, these teams that we're playing are shit. And he's like, "Yo, man, get get him out of here. Give me uh, Trubisky or give me uh, Foles." I will say this: I I don't need him to go hug him. I would have liked Nagy to go over and tell him. Even if he's just like, yo, I'm taking yeah. polls. Yeah, um, Nick, Nick, you're in. Yeah. Yeah. Like, right. we don't need to talk about that. it. You don't need, you don't don't need have to have a conference have call about it. You exactly. Just say, hey, this is what we're doing. You know, you can deal with it how you want to. And then at that point, Bill Laser can come over and console them or whatever it is that they do. And, you know, this is why we did this. You know, yo, you know see, keep your head up they, and all that. Hold on. No, no, no. Listen. Not, consult, not console, there but you know go. what I mean. Remove go that from the center. Go over there. Yeah. Go over there and talk to him and do that whole thing that he's supposed to do at that point. So Nag can get back to the business of coaching the team because at that point, Foles is in, you got a new quarterback, and you got to start establishing that rapport. Um, yeah, I mean, look, and man, it, 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 it's 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 a – if they are still actively trying to coddle Mitch Trubisky's feelings at this point, then, like, yeah, we are we are way far past where we need to be. But that's I, an organi- I don't think that's the case. Anyway. Yeah, that would be an organizational failure if they were still – Yeah. Like, you've wasted so many draft picks, so many time, so much time on this guy, like – He's a good person and a bad quarterback. Move on to whoever's next. Like it's not it's not Nagy's job to like play the like gr- grievance counselor to like help him deal with it. <laughs> right. Good good guy, bad QB. I just want to say yeah. one thing. Um, I saw this last night on Twitter from Tom Waddle, and I thought he summed it up perfectly. He said, "Coach made a decision he thought was best for the team. He trusts Nine to run the offense he wants to run. Nine may not always get the ball there, but he knows where it's supposed to go. Always trust between a coach and a QB is paramount." Still a lot of improving to do. Right on the head. Yeah. Didn't did not trust Mitch Trubisky. He knows Nick Foles isn't perfect, but he knows that Foles again knows what he's trying to do and knows where the ball's supposed to go. And he does not have that confidence in, in uh Mitch Trubisky. I think that that yeah, I think that's a that's a perfect statement for what happened. The and he dialed up coach, that, go ahead. Yeah, no, sorry. He he dialed up that exact same play on the game winning touchdown to Miller. Like he he said, like I, I read after the game, Foles was just like run to the A in the end zone and I'll put the ball there. Like yeah, Nick Foles doesn't throw as pretty of a ball. He doesn't have the legs to run that 46-yard sneak that Trubisky had earlier, but he knows where the ball's supposed to go, and he'll get it out in time. Like, that's a, that's all this Bears team needs at this point. Yeah, and this is a perfect segue. This is the Foles game winner to Anthony Miller right here. On the practice squad pair. Let's see how that looks. Third down and eight with the Bears already in field goal range. The pass is caught in the end zone for a touchdown by Anthony Miller. The Chicago Bears take the lead with a minute 53 seconds remaining. Anthony Miller in the slot. Very similar route where he. I thought about taking that Anthony Miller celebration out, but I had to leave. My, I had to let my man. I had to let my man get that in. Tony, listen, listen, bro. Trubisky does not make that throw. It's just a sack. He showed it multiple, multiple times. He doesn't fade away and put the ball up in the air like Eli said. He said, "Put it to the A." Trubisky, the L. The it was the L. Yeah. yeah, yeah, whatever. Right. Put put it out there with some space for Tony to go get it. Um, and, and you know it's probably frustrating for the coaching staff. Like you said, he can't. He 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 doesn't make that throw, but he absolutely one hundred percent can. Right. And that's the problem. He would have tried to scramble or something, like yeah. you said. It's yeah, like, like he can make this throw, and it's so frustrating that he cannot, right, or that he doesn't. And Foles puts it right on the numbers. He has the physical tools, doesn't have the mental ones. That's yeah. really what it comes down to. And I, I mean, I, I've never, and I mean, he's not very accurate either. But, <laughs> <laughs> well, that, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but 
Yeah, I mean, I think what you're saying, Nick, is like the the like the live arm is there. He's mobile. He has talent. He just can call the play. It. Yeah, yeah. It's in, like you, you keep it in the playbook with Mr. Bissy because he can make that throw, but he he won't. He he, he doesn't. <laughs> right. He's gonna get a job in this league because there's a lack of legit quarterbacks in the entire world. So he's gonna get it be employed, but he should not be a starting quarterback this inconsistent in his fourth year in the NFL. See, I, I wonder, would you want Mitchell? So when I think of backup quarterback, I think about a guy who is mentally strong can handle the playbook, knows the plays in the playbook, and then provides value when he's not playing as far as, you know, hey, this is what I saw helping the starter out. I don't see that from Mitch Trubisky. I don't see a guy who's overly intelligent. Who You know, again, I think it's all physical tools for him. I think that he doesn't have the mental intangibles to be a backup quarterback. Like, when I think backup, I think Chase Daniel. I think Brian Hoyer. Like, those guys are backup quarterbacks. That's what they do. Clipboard guys? Yeah, but they also know they're smart as hell. They know the playbook. If you put them in, it's like, hey, they're not going to do anything, but they know what they're supposed to do. I, I feel got, like with Trubisky, he's too much of a project to be a backup quarterback. I feel like he's, he's, he's boomer bust. Go two ahead. qualities. He's a good guy, and he's not going to backstab the starter. Like, he's not coming for that number one job. He's going to be quiet. He definitely ain't coming for that number one job. He's going to chill there. He's going to get along with everybody. Like, that's kind of half the battle with being a backup quarterback, especially if you're, like, a behind a, a good quarterback, like yeah. Patrick Mahomes or something, that you know you're never going to have to come in. Like, can't hurt. I think that's interesting. I think that's interesting. Just having a good guy, a guy that keeps quiet. It's the guy that doesn't ruffle any feathers. He just makes his three and a half million dollars. That's the the old uh, Jim Sorge story with the Colts. They were like, "How come Sorge never gets any practice reps?" And he's like, "Because if Peyton Manning gets hurt, we're fucked anyway. So like, we might as well have a nice guy out there. Like it doesn't matter." Sorge, new boilermaker, right? I thought he was a Badger. Must be a Badger. He might be a Badger. Actually, I think he's a Badger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, You're right, Big Ten guy. He. I mean, if you didn't even know he was a Badger, he's a Badger. Like, <laughs> his game, everything about him is a Badger. His, his whole life is his Badger. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let me let me ask you guys a question. Um, barring injury, do we ever see Mitch Trubisky? I mean, outside of Fol- Foles would have to be a complete train wreck, I guess. Yeah. But barring injury or Foles being a complete train wreck, do we ever see Mitch Trubisky again throwing a pass to the Chicago Bears? I don't think so. I mean, he has those physical tools that to run, but it's not worth it to insert that into the offense just for that. I, I don't think we would see him again. No. Close, closing the book or you're at Sean? Yeah. Like, I, he, it's, man, what? It's over with. It's, yes, it's completely over with. I tweeted out that him and Dan, uh, Dan Quinn need to walk out of the stadium <laughs> together and literally evaporate, never to be heard from again. Like, Yo, and, I, and, and let me be clear about like what we're saying about this Trubisky stuff. It's completely quarterback on the play driven. I'm not. I the, I don't know Mitch Trubisky. He seems like a really solid. Dude. All like, accounts, good dude. In all the community. Account, good guy. I just yeah. don't want him to be the quarterback of my team that I root for. Like it's that. That's it. And it's it's no more than that. Strictly so, business. Yeah, yeah. Strictly business. I think. Uh, yeah, I think it's completely done and over. I think because now I think Nagy. I think, like like we said, I think Nagy's wanted to wanted to bench him. Do you, do you guys remember how frustrated Nagy was last year? Yeah, he he didn't want him to be the quarterback then. Like yeah, he, ben- he benched him. <laughs> it's yeah, exactly. It's very it's very clear that Nagy came into a situation where the quarterback was already hand selected, and it was very clear that he was going to be the quarterback until he absolutely could not be the quarterback anymore. And I think now Nagy has some. Something, some, some grounds, some, you know, proof in the pudding. He's gonna go to pace. If pace even att- attempted to be like, 
this is still a this is still a competition. Then he just rolls the Atlanta tape. Yeah, we'll never <laughs> hear from Mitch Trubisky again in the Whoa. starting role unless Nick Foles is hurt. And if they don't make the playoffs, that could be it for Ryan Pace. Because I mean, with the with the Trubisky era closes, that you know that that's yeah, his biggest failure. Hand in hand. Yeah. They're hand in hand. So I mean, if they make the playoffs, obviously you're not going to fire your GM after after a playoff run. But um, shit. Yeah, man. It's it it, it is like a. It's almost like a funeral Monday. I mean, the Mitch Trubisky's been dead in my mind, but now it's it's, it's like official. There's no yeah. like, let's throw him back. It was almost like when we knew Derrick Rose, like, hey, this is it's it's over it's with. Yeah. It's just done. You just look. It's just <laughs> no. That's not there. Yeah. Like we're, we're it's it's official with Mitch, man. Like what a waste of four fucking years. What a waste of drafting the wrong quarterback. What a waste of all this development. What a waste of a Super Bowl caliber defense. Um, and now here we are back at square one, and you know. Rolling with Nick Foles while Cam Newton and other gentlemen were available to play quarterback. I, mean, I said this. I, said, <laughs> I tweeted out that the Bears are 3 0 and Mitchell Trubisky is no longer the quarterback. And that's what I've wanted for a while now, right? Yeah. So if we got, we're, we're here now. We're 3 0. I will say this, man. How many years have we opened the season against like the Packers? Yeah. Or like a, a primetime tough game? Man, it, it has been a very fortunate for us that we opened the season with the Giants, the Lions, and the Falcons because this could be a whole other conversation. So the fact that – because we literally played three shit teams. We beat, um, we beat all three in, a come, in, in comeback fashion in two of them. And then – and on top of all that, we get Trubisky out from under center and we get the new guy in. Like, I, I mean, it, it, I don't know how we got here. I do know how, but it's it, it, I didn't see it happening like this. But now we're moving forward. What do you guys now have expectations changed? Like, what what are we looking at for the rest of the year? Eli, give me your thoughts on should 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 we be thinking of this team as a 10, 10 win team now? I mean, the math says yes. I, I don't think they're still that good. Like, they've played five good quarters out of 12. Against, like you said, three of the worst teams in the league. The Falcons quit on their coach three weeks ago. Like, they're not good. And the Bears needed every break they could get to win. So, yeah, they could win 10 games by what's the – there's 13 left. They could go 7-6 and six in those 13 and, and still go 10-6 and six for the year. But is that a team that's going to make cause much trouble in the, the playoffs? Do you see them beating Seattle or Green Bay? Like, home field advantage doesn't matter anymore, but – even in Chicago, even in Soldier Field, they're not going to stop Russell Wilson. They're not going to stop Aaron Rodgers. Like, they're not a very good team for four quarters yet. I haven't seen that, considering they played only five good quarters all year. Hey, I'm here to win ball games, so I mean, yeah, no, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't change my opinion on them or me thinking that they're going to be some playoff team. But man, I would I would love to see them continue to win. I'd love to see them get to ten wins, and I'd love to see them make the playoffs. I yeah. can't handle watching. I, I really like for me, man, it, it's tough for me to watch bad teams that are going nowhere. And I can't handle, you know, what I thought. I thought we'd be done by week five. I knew that, hey, the Bears are, are going to be trash. And here we go for the rest of the year. I better find another team to watch. So for me, if they're good, if they're competitive, for sure. you know, you are what your record says you are. <laughs> and, you know, seven more wins out of the next 13 gets us to the playoffs. No, I see what you're saying, though. Like, we're going to get there. And it, it's a it's a trash team. It's kind of like being <laughs> the eighth seed in the NBA. But at the same time, man, like I just it's want a to playoff run for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I want to, I want these guys to get in the playoffs and I want to see, you know, what happens because I'd rather be competitive than not be competitive. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to say this. 
say what you want. Say it's just chance or – but the defense, there's something about being on defense. And, Nick, we talk about this all the time, that you're all, you know – when you have faith in the offense, you just play better defense as a unit. You 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 want to get stops. You want to go out there and get the offense back. And I think you can. Hey, I don't know if it's coincidence or not, but I know that Nick Foles came in, and all of a sudden Atlanta was going three and out all over the place, and they were turning the ball over. Did so, you see him on the sidelines? He was yeah. He was this is getting wild, rallying people up. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying, right? So like the 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 spark thing doesn't just happen on offense. It, it gives the defense hope. There's nothing like getting a stop on defense and knowing, like, man, the offense isn't going to do shit with this stop. <laughs> right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is that we, we could get a stop or not. It doesn't even matter. Right. So I thought it was interesting that the defense picked up their play. Um, Mac in the, in the row, we got, we got a good amount of pass rush in the first half. Uh, so that was very, very encouraging. Um, but they were still moving the ball. Right. But Foles comes in, the defense looks better, they're more hyped up, they start getting three and outs. Um, real quick, let me get your guys' thoughts on the D, because they, they've looked bad. Like, let's keep it 100. They've looked bad a good chunk of uh, the year. They closed out the game yesterday really, really well. Um, how do you feel about the D? Or is, is it just a new season now? Like, is it just like a new day? Like, is everything going to change uh, going forward with the D, with the O? But uh, give me your thoughts on the D and where we're at with them. I, uh, yeah, I, no, I, I'm not. I don't think it's a new season for the defense. They got to figure out. The Falcons were running the ball all over the place on the Bears yesterday at will whenever they wanted to, especially that opening drive coming out of halftime. They just ran it down our throats. Um, and that cannot happen. So, yeah, I'd be very concerned about the defense going forward. Um, I'm concerned about the secondary outside of Kyle Fuller. Offensive coordinators, head coaches, stop throwing the ball at Kyle Fuller. It's not a good <laughs> idea. It's not happening. My man is, is a lockdown cornerback. Pick on the other Bears defensive. Yo, <laughs> and Pick on Jalen Johnson. I like Jalen Johnson. He's good. Um, but, you know. It's, that, that that Ridley play, things like that. You can't give up plays like that. But stop throwing the ball at Kyle Phillips. It's it's crazy because I, I would say the whole city was about two weeks away from sending Kyle Fuller out to wherever he wanted to go, <laughs> right? And now he is a complete and absolute Pro Bowl stud. One of the best cornerbacks corner, in the NFL. 100%, yeah, without question. So he's one of the best corners in the NFL, yeah. So I'm, I'm happy with that there. Um, but yeah, overall, I would definitely have concerns with the defense, especially again, the running game, it, stopping the run yesterday was a major problem. Gurley averaged 5.7 yards a carry Brian Hill, who I don't know who that is, <laughs> averaged uh, six six point four <laughs> yards a carry. Both of them had touchdowns. So yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't get ran over like that. Luckily you were playing the Atlanta Falcons and they, <laughs> man, I, 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 I don't even know where to begin with that <laughs> franchise, but, um, yeah, you know, they gave it back to us. But, yeah, you cannot let a team run all over you like that. Like you said, the pass rush is better. It's gotten better each week as far as the pressure that we're getting on the quarterback, but um, still not that dominant unit or even close to that dominant unit that we want to see, that we need to see. Nick, I agree with you. They dial it up when they when they feel that offense coming along. Like in the fourth quarters against Detroit and yesterday against the Falcons, the pass rush was getting after the, the quarterback. But in the first half, there was nothing to be found. Like – Calvin Ridley had all the space in the world against the secondary. The, the pass rush wasn't making an impact. I thought there was that questionable 
roughing the passer call on Hicks that extended that drive that, that led to that Brian Hill touchdown. I also don't know who that is. He, he was, but he had, he was killing us. Any of us could have scored that touchdown. He had so much space. Um, yeah, they they need to be aggressive from the start. Pagano sits back in that zone, and they Stafford and Ryan have picked them apart, and and they need to get better going forward because they are going to face some tougher quarterbacks in the next few months. So they they need to dial it back up to that 2018 uh, level. I mean, last year the defense was good too, but that that aggression where Mack and and now Quinn coming off the edge and Hicks up the middle, Bilal Nichols had a nice sack, but they need to get back to to pressuring the quarterback and, and making the secondary's job easier. Absolutely. Before we get out of here, short and sweet, Bears three and zero. Give uh, how big of I'll kick it off with you, Eli. How big of a loss is Tariq Cohen? And man, that's so brutal to to make the right play, call a fair catch, and then get rolled up <laughs> yeah. like that. How big of a loss is that for the O um, and the team overall? Well, first off, I'm glad he got paid. Like, good good on him to sign the contract last week. Yeah. Um, crazy. I think, yeah, it's crazy. That's, that's, yeah, that's <laughs> wild. I think it's a pretty big loss. I mean, their, their backups are behind Montgomery are Cordero Patterson, who's a converted wide receiver special teamer, and Ryan Null, who's an undrafted free agent who's been on the team for a couple of years and mostly is a special teams guy. So if you're talking about carries, for the, and now we don't have a running quarterback, so they're going to need to relieve Montgomery at some point. And, I mean, Patterson's done an okay job, but I wouldn't be surprised if they went out and tried to find another running back. And like you guys know, finding running backs off the street is pretty easy. Like if, if that guy can move, it's a pretty easy fit to just get him in and the system and, and have him going. So that's, that's not the hardest position to fill, but Tariq does so much for that offense, for the special teams. I think it's a pretty serviceable loss. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Tariq Cohen, he doesn't get a ton of touches, but he gets what I call the impact touches. Uh, yeah. the, if you look at how they opened up the game yesterday, I think was the first play we ran was that draw play to Tariq Cohen, and he got a good chunk of yardage from that. So, again, he doesn't get a ton of touches, but I think Nagy likes having him in the offense, kind of like how he has you know, Cordero Patterson. He likes to kind of throw these guys out there. They'll get up a big chunk of yardage. You might not see him again for the rest of the game, but he likes having that in his back pocket. And I think as the year goes on, we were probably going to see a lot more Tariq Cohen. So, yeah, big loss. I'm happy he got paid. But, man, you really hate to see that, um, especially on a team that, you know, we can't really afford to lose any of our weapons. So I know he hasn't produced a ton so far this year, but we know what Tariq Cohen can do. And, yeah, he's a returner too, which is a huge loss. Yeah, I mean, because then you now who are you going to put back there? Tony Miller. Throw another guy back. Yeah, well, you can't. Yeah, which you can't have him get hurt. Yeah, and he's not the most reliable catcher. His hands are not the strongest, so I don't know how I feel about him on punts. But yeah, you don't want you don't want to go with the lack of focus back there catching uh, (laughs) punts. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree hundred percent with both you guys. I think it's a big loss. I think he's a dynamic dude. He can do dynamic. You can't find those guys off the street. Like you can find a random running back, but you can't find someone like Tariq's explosiveness just sitting out there. Exactly. I agree. Um, and I and let's touch on Montgomery really quick about just about running back depth, like you said, Eli. And Mon- Montgomery is gets pounded. Like if you I don't know if you guys, I mean, I'm sure you guys were watching either Heat, uh, Heat Celtics and flipping back and forth between uh Saints Packers, but for example, like Aaron Jones and Kamara, they get hit, but they don't really get hit like that. Right. Like Kamara seems like he's always just floating around. He, and he then doesn't he, get hit. He like tackles himself. It's like <laughs> he's like, okay, I he like knows when he can wiggle out of a situation, knows when he can't, and when he can't, he kind of just like gives himself up. You know what I'm saying? 
Montgomery is running hard and taking shots, and I love to see that, but he he's a lot more susceptible to getting hurt than a lot of other guys that are getting the touches that he's getting in the league. Do you guys remember do you guys remember growing up Raymond Harris? Love yeah. Raymond Harris. He reminds me of Raymond like every like he always falls an extra yard and a half forward. Like even if he's tackled, like he's going to gain yardage just by being tackled and that's what I feel like Montgomery does, but that wear and tear can add up real quick. So like he he's a he, like you said Nick, he he doesn't get tackled gracefully. Yeah, he might, he, he might, yeah, yeah, he might be a one contract back. Right. <laughs> yeah, that one contract back is not. Uh, yeah, that's you don't want to be considered that. No. So, like that play of him on the sideline on the catch, where he was trying to get in the end zone. Yeah, I mean, he was taking like <laughs> big shot after big shot after big shot. So, uh, really quick before we get out of here. A little look ahead to Indianapolis. It's very well documented that I do not like Philip Rivers. <laughs> and Philip Rivers will give you opportunities to take the ball away. So I think that'll being be interesting. <laughs> <That's being, laughs> yeah, he will he will turn the ball over. Um where are we at with so you guys know the big lure of being a Chicago bear and being a Chicago bears fan and you, that you got to come to soldier field and this, that, and the crowd is going to be this and the weather is going to be that, but obviously there's no fans. Um, I don't know if we're going to have any fans in there. I don't think so. No. Um, cause Illinois, you still can't have. Yeah. Gatherings yeah. Over 50 yeah. People. yeah. Um, what are, where are we at with that game? Where are we at with our, home field advantage if you can call it that i mean i don't think daniel jones had any well, trouble you still got to so. play on that shitty uh that shitty field <laughs> that the park district, park district yeah. so yeah you're still, you're still playing on that terrible field so we got an advantage there Turf uh, yeah i mean i don't I, yeah i mean obviously we're not going to have the crowd advantage but to your point man it, philly philly rivers is an opportunistic quarterback and we're an opportunistic defense so i i would imagine that eddie jackson is going to get to eat a little bit um in this game so i'm, I'm excited about that but they're one of those teams that is tough to figure out because they could turn around and beat the brakes off the Bears, or Philip Rivers could throw four picks. Yeah, and, and, and it's really you know they're like a, a, a Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde type squad. There's someone on Twitter. I forgot, my apologies to remember this, but like there's someone on Twitter that's like every Phil Rivers game is he's either up or down three points with two minutes to go. Like it doesn't matter <laughs> what team he's on, who he's playing against. And you remember that Chargers game last year where against the Bears, where the Bears just. That was the Trubisky game where I thought Nagy was going to like yank him by the neck and just pull him out. They couldn't move the ball in the red zone at all, and they lost because the kicker was horrible. Also, like this game is going to uh, the Bears game plus a Philip Rivers game. You know that it's coming down to the end, and it's going to be aggravating and horrible to watch. And hopefully, we'll win it, but it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> Nick, any comments on the kicker? <laughs> I, I, what did I tell you? Sucks. <laughs> hey, you try to say last week, like, oh, no, that was, that, was, that was 50 yards, man. No, it's 50 yards. You know, I get it. You know, 50 is like not not a not a crazy kick in the NFL. I was like, no, dude, 50 is makeable in the NFL with no weather straight down the middle. And then what happens in a dome? He misses a 46-yarder. Was it 46 that he missed yesterday? Hey, that's that's other thing with my, uh, Ryan Pace. Ryan Pace has had two and a half years to find a kicker. Yeah. And still, for whatever reason, has not found a quality kicker in all these weeks and all these months and all these games and all these missed kicks. 
and all these Cody Parkey replays still has not found a suitable kicker for the Chicago Bears, and that's a tragedy. Get Conrad Pin- Santos out of town. I think Pinheiro comes off the IR this week. Yeah, I think he's, he's okay. Yeah, yeah. He's fine. Yeah, he's better than Santos. Santos is trash. You said no confidence when he jogs out? No, zero confidence. How could you? <laughs> If you always, can't, hey, if bro, you miss in perfect weather in domes, you can't. How are you gonna make yeah. it in, when the weather turns? We're we're not too far from from winter here. You know what it's, I mean? It's always <laughs> the worst when you don't like your kicker and they run him out and the CBS or Fox pans to him and you're just like this fuck. God, it's like when a, you have a bad closer in baseball and it's like oh hell. Yes, like, exactly. here we go again. Like, like oh my god, oh, not, shit. Nah, not this guy, Kimbrel. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, the Carlos Marmol theory, like it's like this could go any direction. Hey, wasn't that your guy, Sean Marmol? <laughs> Fucking loved Marmol. <laughs> <laughs> you loved Marmol. Dude, he took years <laughs> off my life. Dude, one of the most exciting guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly, for both teams, yeah. Like, without question. Marmol could – oh, my God, Marmol was so exciting, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he was so good and so bad at the same time. You just like never knew who you were gonna get. Right. Carlos. There Marvel. would be day. He yeah. would, there would be days where he would come in and it was untouchable. Right. You could, you could not touch him, and he could easily come the next day and be throwing the ball at the backstop, <laughs> like like bouncing the ball on the grass. Like forget about hitting the dirt. Like yeah, it, it was. I loved him though. He was great. Carlos he was great. Shout out Carlos Marble. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll leave it there, man. I think Eli laid it out perfectly. We got a couple tough games coming up. We got the Colts now. Um, we're gonna have, be on a sh- we're gonna be coming off a short week, and then we have the Bucks. So this is where we find out if the Foles thing can actually really work. We'll see how competitive we are. And another scheduling break is that both of those guys are at home. Yeah. We don't we don't have to go to Tampa. We don't on a primetime game on a short week. They got to come to Chicago. And uh we get the Colts out of the dome. That's a big are we, deal. Are we just loaded up on away games at the end of the year. We've only played this was our first road game yesterday, right? No, Detroit. We was Detroit. Oh, it was Detroit. We were at Detroit. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, two of the last 3 are on the road. I just, I'm looking at the schedule now, but Yeah, okay. but at that point what when we when you got 12 wins. And one of those is Jacksonville, so that's like Whatever. Oh, oh, Nick Foles is going home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, boys, we'll leave it there, man. I love this. We'll keep doing this weekly. Um, Eli, thanks for joining. For Big Nick the Quick and Eli uh, Keberon, I am your host, Sean Little. No catch up. Sports Talk via Chicago. Bears are 3-0. and